You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice, starring Christopher Mott as Jack and Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon, girl detective. The name's Justice. Jack Justice. By this point, I hope you have acquired something of a general impression of my esteemed partner, the girl detective, colored by my own perspective and hers. But still, patterns have emerged and you don't have to be a detective to spot them. She can pass for a swell lady as long as she doesn't open her mouth, or the girl your mother warned you about if she's feeling her oats. Beneath that hard-boiled sass-mouth exterior lies a hard-boiled sass-mouth interior, and that consistency is one of the very few reasons that I have yet to strangle her. No one's ever accused me of being an expert on romance, but Trixie's taste in fellas always left a little something to be desired. Most of the time she favored a narrow subspecies of the gender, the kind with manicured fingernails and a knowledge of which fork to use for the escargot that bordered on the esoteric. Not that she hungered for the uptown life. She was just a sucker for a fellow whose arm she could break if he got too fresh. Or maybe not fresh enough. I don't like to pry. But she got bored real easy. And when she was in the final stages of shaking one of her fancified suitors loose, she would often let slip a stream of consciousness torrent of scorn that made me glad we'd never entertained thoughts of skipping down that road together. In short, Trixie was the boss of Trixie, and that's all there was to it. Which is why it was such a kick to watch her with Michael Redhill, our new client. He was an up-and-coming young boxer with a decent shot at the title if he kept up his winning ways. And it's fair to say that if Michelangelo had ever designed a dump truck, it'd look a lot like Mr. Redhill. He conducted himself with none of the bravado you'd expect from a rising star, and none of the sad, punch-addled cranial cobwebs from a pugilist past his prime. He sat in the red leather chair and held a cup of Columbia's finest in his giant paw like it was a prop from a doll's tea party. This was one of those times I decided not to waste any energy being the toughest guy in the room, which was just as well, since King, the office watch pup, was asleep on my stomach, and that tends to cut the hard-boiled routine off at the knees. If Red Hill noticed the way Trixie hung on his every word, her lips slightly parted in breathless anticipation, he didn't show it. Maybe he was used to being looked at like he was a steak dinner with all the fixings. Maybe he just thought girl detectives were always this flushed. Couldn't rightly say. But it was enough fun that I was seriously considering waking King up to watch. This sure is fine coffee, Miss Dixon. Hmm? Oh, Trixie, please. And thank you, Mr. Redhill. Mike is fine. (laughs) Mike? (sighs) Is there anything else we can help you with, Mr. Redhill, or would you care to see the dessert cart? Jack! Gosh, I'm sorry. I've never, you know... Needed anyone's help with anything? More or less, but this is all just a little over my head. I really don't know if you can help, if anyone can help. If we can, we will. Mike? Before my partner writes any more checks we might not be able to cash, why don't you start at the beginning? Well, I guess you know I've got a pretty decent record in the ring. Undefeated with 22 wins, 15 by knockout. 
That's a little better than decent in these parts. It's all right. Since I was a kid, I've been working for a title shot, Mr. Justice, and it looks like I might get my chance. I've got one more fight coming up next week. Then they say I should get a shot at the number one contender. Who's up next? Bart Greer. Bart Greer? Glassjaw Greer. When does a washout like him rate a fight with an up-and-comer? Dutch says the boxing commission needs to round out a card. It's an easy match, and we do them a favor. It smooths the water for later. And Dutch is... My trainer. He been with you long? Yeah, maybe five years, maybe more. I owe him a lot. Who does he owe? What do you mean? Sorry, Mr. Redhill, but it isn't that tough to see where this one's going. You want to take a crack, Trix? What's that? Fair enough. Someone has approached you about the possibility of your wholly unexpected and therefore wildly profitable defeat at the hands of old Glassjaw Greer, yes? That's more or less it. Yeah. Who were they? Couple of gorillas in cheap suits. Nothing I couldn't handle. Did you handle them? No, I just told them to blow. That's good. These boys don't play by Queensbury rules. They don't scare me. They scare somebody or you wouldn't be here. Dutch. He told me to take the fall. I never thought I'd hear something like that from him. I think they must have threatened him, but he won't talk about it. Are you sure it was the stick and not the carrot? What do you mean? The Boxing Commission would never schedule a mismatch like this. The whole thing screams setup, and the usual suspects are generally more subtle than this. How much did they offer you to throw the fight? Not a thing. They promised me a few things if I didn't. See, now that's not right. It sure isn't. Thanks for the support, Tricks, but I didn't just mean that it was unfair. The fight rackets have been around since about an hour after Cain killed Abel. There's a protocol to these things. A couple of grand and some vague implied consequences work better than out-and-out threats, particularly when dealing with customers who aren't used to being pushed around. That's right. And getting beat by a pug like Greer would kill my chances of a title shot. That's another thing. The old boys who run these rackets would never finish a guy's career like that. A little setback for a decent payoff. That's what keeps the peace in Dodge. So what are you saying? Sounds like we've got some new players on the board. And it sounds like my partner finally showed up for work. Clam up. Yep, that's her. So what should I do? You want my professional opinion? Take the dive. What? Jack! I'm not in the business of getting people killed. In the movies, gangsters are glamorous. They make them out to be heroes. You know what they really are? They're craven little cowards. Vermin. But they get things done because they don't care who gets hurt or how badly. Because however many you knock down, there's always two more right behind them. They're like cockroaches. Well-armed cockroaches. My advice? Take the dive. Maybe I've come to the wrong place. Sit down, Redhill. I didn't say we wouldn't help you. But you've got to know what we're up against. Dutch can't help. If they've threatened him, he's playing for his life right now. And that means he's playing for them. Ditto the Boxing Commission. If this fight got set up in the first place, your new playmates must have got to them, too. You don't have any idea who they are, Mike? Nah. They said they'd come around on Thursday. Wouldn't count on that timetable, but it gives us some time. What do you want us to do? For starters, I want to know who's in back of this. Fair enough. There's a few places we can start. Trixie, why don't you get Mr. Redhill's particulars and draw up a contract? The name's Dixon. Trixie Dixon, girl detective. To his credit, Jack was trying to help. And if he hadn't said it with such a good-natured leer, I'd have almost been grateful. On the other hand, he hadn't said a word when I as much as took credit for his Colombian dark roast blend. 
He hadn't raised an eyebrow. I'd pay for that later. And professional conduct notwithstanding, Michael Redhill was a truly impressive specimen. A boyish face topped by thick, wavy hair, clean-shaven, and a long, straight nose that couldn't have seen many a punch get near it. To say nothing of a mountain of muscles that made a girl want to play Sir Edmund Hillary for a while. Jack leashed up a bleary-eyed and bewildered king and said he was taking him to visit someone with the inside dope on the fight rackets. I took it he meant Freddy the Finger Hawthorne, since that was the only person I could think of who might be intimidated by our three-month-old mutt. On his way out, Jack shook Mike's hand and said I'd be starting off with a visit to the biggest expert on illegal rackets we knew. Which meant one thing. Jack had his revenge for the coffee. Dixon, did you happen to notice a sign on my door that said Private Eye Consultant for Hire? Why, no, Lieutenant Sabian. I just saw the word sucker tattooed on your forehead and sashayed right in. Well, sashay back out again and don't pause for me to enjoy the view. Don't try and win me over with the rough talk. My heart belongs to another. I'm crushed. Dixon, do you see these rolling hills of police reports on my desk? These piles of multicolored papers strewn about the office? What does that suggest to you? They threw you at ticker tape parade. Police work, Dixon. I am engaged in police work. I know. It's a Christmas wreath project. Where's the elbow macaroni and glue? I'm going to give you till the count of one. Don't get hysterical, Flatfoot. We've danced this tune often enough for you to know that the fastest way to get me out of your office is to tell me what I want to know. In exchange for which I get... The warm satisfaction of a job well done. See, you expect me to tell you what I know, but you won't tell me a thing. You won't even tell me who you're working for. Dames, who can figure them? Oh, Christmas. What do you want to know? Just wondered if you'd heard any new players wetting their beaks in the fight racket lately. What have you got? At the moment, nothing. Maybe later something. You want the phone call when we have it? Get me started. You remember our little dance with the Mason gang a little over a year ago? Chick Mason? I remember we shot him. Good times, yeah. The fight racket cooled off with his gang out of the picture, taken over by a loose cartel of mostly retired gangsters. Little something to keep the boys happy in their old age. You knew about this? No one was complaining. They greased all the palms, put money in the pockets of the boxing commission, the fighters, the managers. And they took it from the bookmakers and the people who thought they were betting on an honest fight? Which is actually illegal anyway, and no one was getting hurt, so something might have happened about it shortly after all other crime in the city was stopped, and I could see the surface of my desk again. But... What makes you think there's a but? You've got a really bad poker face. Five, six weeks ago, some runners who worked for the cartel disappeared... Found one of them in the river. The cement they'd made his new shoes out of hadn't quite set before they pitched him in. Geniuses. And then some. Since then, somebody's been muscling in on the commission, the bookies, everything. Who is it? Nobody's talking. But I've been a cop long enough to know when nobody's talking because everybody's scared. So this is big. And it's going to get bigger before it's done. What does that mean? It means these guys I call the cartel... They've been running the fight rackets pretty loose, and like I say, they're about as retired as these guys ever get. But... But in their day, they were some pretty rough customers. Between them, they ran a fair piece of this town, and there's not one of them doesn't have some pull with the big gangs. You're thinking they're due to push back? Any day now. That could work out for our client. Couldn't say, but it's not going to work out for many others. It's going to be a bloodbath, Dixon, and it's going to happen over nothing. Your client could get caught in the middle, and so could you if you're not careful. Thanks for the tip, Bright Eyes. Feel free to ignore it as always. 
You get anything on this, I want it first, you understand? Dixon? Are you listening to me? Lieutenant Sabian, keep your voice down. There are people trying to work out here. I made my way back to the office to wait for Jack, feeling like I didn't have much to bring to the table. By the time I arrived, the boys were already back. King was in the red leather chair and gave me a look that dared me to object. Jack looked for all the world like a man hard at work behind a desk. But I knew any moment he'd turn back into a pumpkin. There you are. What's a six-letter word for chest of drawers? Starting with... B. I was the good lieutenant. Charming, as always. And it's bureau. Of course. What did Freddy know? Couldn't say, really. You didn't see him? Oh, I saw him, all right. And I'm pretty sure he knows something, because when he found out what I wanted, I thought he was going to have an accident. Isn't he always like that? Yes. He's a natural-born coward. One of a breed. He keeps his ears open. I ask questions. He protests. I threaten him. He makes with the skinny. It's our bit. It's what we do. It's been the firm foundation of our friendship low these many years. And now? I couldn't get a word out of him. Not a syllable. I'd never seen him like that. There wasn't even any sport in it. He knows exactly who's behind the racket, and whoever it is, he's sure that they'll kill him if he gets involved. Our client doesn't have a lot of time, Jack. What do you want from me? He knows I'm not going to kill him, and today that's the trump card. Maybe I should talk to him. Nah, leave Freddy out of this. He's the only lead we've got, Jack. Sabian doesn't know who's trying to take over the fight racket, but he knows it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Is that a fact? And our client could get caught up right in the middle of it, and so could we. It's a big town, Trixie, and we've only talked to two guys. So what? So we just sit around the office and wait for the answer to walk right in the door? All right, you two. Keep your hands where I can see them. No funny stuff. You're coming with me. The boss wants to talk to you two. What kept you? You are listening to Blackjack Justice from DecoderRingTheater.com. I recognized our tour guide as Maxie Dugan, a mid-level enforcer for a guy named Rocco D'Angelo, which anglicized nicely to Rocky Angel, which made for the nifty moniker The Angel of Death. Now, those sort of poison pet names don't always mean an awful lot. I knew a guy called The Dragon because he had the worst breath in Midtown, and Jimmy Pants McIntyre got his name from a bright blue pair of trousers that, to the best of my knowledge, he wore just once, 26 years ago. Trouble was, our angel of death had done his best to live up to his moniker. We'd crossed him once, and only once, and the primary reason we'd lived to tell the tale is that we'd never told the tale to anybody. I'm not an alarmist by nature, but we were in a bad spot. Bad enough that I persuaded Maxie Dugan to let me put down extra water for the pup before we took advantage of his generous offer of a ride. Jack had his hat pulled low and stared straight ahead in the elevator. He had that strange little half-smirk on his face and a faraway look in his eye. That look meant we were in deep. I was never quite sure what the smirk meant, but it always made me feel a little better. Sure is swell a Rocky to send a car around for little ol' us. Who said anything about Rocky? Don't be such a comedian, Dugan. If you're still breathing, you're still working for D'Angelo. I'm sure you're familiar with his generous retirement policy. Maybe you're about to get real familiar with it. Sweet Pea, if you were gonna shoot us, you'd have done it already. Rocky wants to know why you two nosy Parkers have been asking so many questions about his operation. Who has? I have. Jack? Well, I wasn't getting anywhere with Freddy. I might have asked around a little. What'd you do, take out an ad in the telegram? We're getting some answers now, aren't we? Sure, if the question is, are you tired of breathing? Say, that's pretty good. Do you mind if I use that? Help yourself, sweetheart. 
Where's your car? Uh, down there. Are you tired of breathing? That's all right. Hey, Nancy! What? Tricks, get down! I don't think Maxie's going to need that line after all. Looks like the old boys have started to push back. That's about as right in the middle of things as I care to get. We better call Sabian. We better go see D'Angelo. Are you out of your mind? Tricks, Maxie Dugan was supposed to bring us in for a talk. Now he's dead. Do you think a guy like Rocky Angel's going to conduct a full investigation? Or is he just going to blow us up? This is it? This is your whole plan? What next? Your kidnapper's dead, so are you going to hold yourself for ransom? How much do you think I could get from me? You could finally get that newspaper you've been saving up for. Real nice. Jack, you don't just walk in to see Rocco D'Angelo. It's crazy. It is, isn't it? That's why you like it. It really is. Sabian's going to have kittens. Yeah, but he won't shoot us. Don't be so sure. This is going to be pretty academic in a minute. Tell you what, let's split the difference. You wait for Sabian. And if you're feeling up to it, you could call our client and tell him what his $35 a day is buying. And they say romance is dead. Oh, please, don't use that word. Hey, be careful, you crazy idiot. Careful. You make our client jealous. I was pretty sure this wasn't as bad an idea as Trixie made it out to be. She'd been right. This was bad. And it got that way in a hurry. But we were right in the middle of it now, and that meant seeing it through was no further than going back. Or at least, that was my hope. And it might surprise a few people. I just hoped Rocky Angel liked surprises. Sorry to keep you waiting. Not at all, Mr. D'Angelo. My time is your time. Eh, you're very well-mannered. Thanks. That's not your reputation. Yeah, well, uh, I figured I mean deep enough not to hand you a shovel. You got brains, too. I'm surprised to see you here, Justice. I'm surprised to be here. But it seemed the only way to make it clear I had nothing to do with Max Dugan's death. A wise choice. I might have wondered. And I am a man who prefers safe to sorry. It makes two of us. You had some questions for us, and the answers aren't the kind I'm prepared to take a beating for. So I'm cautiously optimistic it'll be a short meeting. Sit down. You were asking some questions about certain activities my organization has had a hand in. We don't need to dance around it too much, Mr. D'Angelo. I'm not the law or a prosecutor. And I make a lousy witness because I don't know beans. What's your interest in this? Got a client who wanted to know who was punching his one-way ride on the Palookaville Express. Redhill. If there isn't another. I feel bad about that one. I hate to see a promising career cut short like that. What did he expect you to do about it? He just wanted to know who was in back of it is all, before he made up his mind. And what did you tell him? I told him I thought he should take the fall sight unseen. Now I'm doubly sure. You have your client's best interests at heart. I appreciate that. Do you think he'll go to the police? Uh, the cops don't need Mike Redhill. They were already in the stands, they just didn't have a program. One of your soldiers full of holes in front of our office is all they need. One boxer with a problem is small beer compared to that. It is, isn't it? But to me, it makes that one boxer even more important. It does. It hasn't been a good year, Justice. My outfit took a lot of losses. Lost some good people. And as for the fight business... Frankly, I may have miscalculated the resistance of the previous management. And if the law's involved now... This town's too hot for a rocky angel? Don't sound so surprised. In my business, you win big or you lose big. And to be frank, I'm on the Palookaville Express myself. I need the score from the Red Hill fight, and I need it bad. I hate to mess up Red Hill's shot, but it's him or me, Justice. And I've still got teeth enough for one little fighter, and you know if it comes down to it, I'll bite him for no other reason than spite. Yeah, I believe it. I tell you these things not because they give me any pleasure to repeat, 
or to have them known, I want you and Mr. Redhill to understand how important this is to me. It's a bad caper, Mr. D'Angelo. Redhill versus Glassjaw Greer? It's too big a mismatch. If people start to think the fix is in, the odds will go through the floorboards and your nest egg will sprout wings and... Justice? Yeah. You trailed off in the middle of a... Rocky. Can I call you Rocky? No. I think you're going to change your mind when you hear this. And there's the bell to start this, the third round of this match. And Mike Redhill has really answered his critics tonight as he opens up with another flurry of blows to Greer's body. He's been working the body hard, putting on a show for this capacity crowd. There were those in recent days who doubted Red Hill's heart. His resolve. There were some who thought we might have an upset on our hands tonight. And Greer is hurting now, winded by that last Red Hill attack. Greer is back on his heels, trying to stay out of range of that one-two combination of Mike Red Hill. But Red Hill has him back against the ropes now. And look at Mike Red Hill now. A left, a right, and another powerful left from Red Hill. This is an all-out attack. Mike Red Hill clearly has had enough of this mismatch and has decided to put Bart Greer away here in this, the third round, as Greer takes another thunderous left from Red Hill. This was never much of a match, but it's turned into a beating now. How much more of this can Greer take? Another right, and Greer is down. He is down, and I cannot imagine he'll be getting up after that attack. He was out cold on his feet as Mike Redhill shows this capacity crowd that he is every bit the championship contender we have been led to believe. And Mike Redhill improves his record to 23-0 with this knockout victory over Bart Greer. And we can expect to see this young man take his place among the top contenders in the very, very near future. Hey, you're still here. Sure we are. Boy, the press took a while to get that fill of you. Nice work, Tiger. Gosh, thanks. Tiger? Mr. Justice, Trixie, I can't thank you two enough for what you've done. It was Jack's crazy plan. I'm just happy it worked. Nothing crazy about it. The turf war in the fight records was a pretty poorly kept secret. Once the word got out on the street that the fix was in, everybody and his uncle wanted a piece of the pie. The odds went crazy, Rocky Angel put a straight-up bet on you to win and cleaned up. Without even doing anything illegal. For once... For once. You took an awful chance for me. I just want you to know that I'm grateful. Well, you can start showing your gratitude immediately. How's that? Oh, that's right. I missed a meeting, didn't I? Did you? Well, uh, th- that is... Don't blush on my account, Mr. Redhill. Just uh, watch your left hook. It's a doozy. Good night, Jackson. Uh-huh. Thanks again, Mr. Justice. <laughs> Don't thank me yet, champ. Don't thank me yet. Talking to yourself, Justice? Not a good sign. Fabian, you see the fight? Nah. Heard some of it on the radio. Got a call right after, though. Just up the street. That a fact. Bookmaker out behind the uh, greengrocers there. Why is homicide slumming at a bookies? The usual reason. In this case, the usual reason's name was Rocky Angel. What? D'Angelo stopped by in person to collect his winnings. Seems he didn't have a lot of soldiers left. Must have made a couple stops first. Had over a hundred grand on him. Most of it's full of holes now. Who got him? Funny thing. A guy gunned down in a crowded place like that. Seems nobody saw a thing. Hmm. You win big or you lose big. D'Angelo almost played it straight for once, and that's what finally got him. They'd have put him on the spot one way or another. 
Ask me he got what he deserved. Maybe. Maybe we all did. Drink? With you? You besieged by other offers? Ah, what the hell. Come on. Maybe Sabian was right. Maybe for once we all got what we deserved. Rocky Angel wasn't the kind of solid citizen anybody was going to miss. And if I felt bad for the way it ended for him, I tried to remind myself that it was only because he hadn't put a bullet in my brain when it would have been a lot easier for him to do so. He took a chance, but he dealt himself a losing hand before Mike Redhill ever walked into our office. Sabian got another snake off the street, even if it wasn't the way he wanted. The bloodbath he was waiting for was over almost before it began, and with no innocent bystanders hurt. Red Hill had his perfect record and his dreams of winning it all still intact. Trixie Dixon of the Northwest Mounted Police got her man, as always. I toyed with starting a pool on how long it'd take her to get bored with him. And me? I got my share of $35 a day for my act of near heroism and a hangover that could kill a horse for trying to drink a police lieutenant under the table. And serves us all right, I say. And serves us all right. Blackjack Justice, Episode 17, Palookaville Express, was written and directed by Greg Taylor and starred Christopher Mott and Andrea Lyons, with additional voices provided by Tim Vant, Greg Taylor, Scott Moyle, Stephen Burley, and Gregory Z. Cook. This recording and the story, characters, and situations depicted within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember, DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure. house, it cleans your spouse, it cleans your brother-in-law, the louse, Sham Whoopee! You can clean your stove or your Land Rover, even spot and slobbering Rover, Sham Whoopee! Go clean antiques, neighborhood freaks, and it never stains your streaks, Sham Whoopee! It'll massage those backs, it'll sanitize those snacks, it'll clean a turtle better than wax, Sham Whoopee! It'll stop that itch, it'll make you rich, you can clean along with Mitch, Sham Whoopee! It'll clean a Star Wars blaster, it'll clean a Jedi master, it'll even clean a bad broadcaster, Sham Whoopee. Get it now for a huge amount. It's too good for any discount. It'll clean out your bank account. Sham Whoopee. Operators are standing by. Every lady and every guy. Each one is clean. Here is why. Sham Whoopee. Sham Whoopee. Not a clean product.